Hello and welcome to another episode of the Punt Return Podcast. Probably the last one of the regular season here. Week 16 of the season as week 17 draws uh, around the Christmas uh, time of the year. So I'm not sure uh, if we'll have time for a podcast, Daryl, because uh, we'll be eating Christmas ham and, and watching Red Zone. That's probably the way I like to spend my Christmas. What about you? Yep, I'm travelling, so um, yeah, I'll be up in far north Queensland for most of the holidays and then back in Brisbane for a few days and then coming back here. So, yeah, we'll we'll see, but probably unlikely. Yeah, and given week 17 is normally all over the shop, um, it's it's probably best to, to bow out and just uh, focus here on week 16. Although, um, if plenty of things, results go a certain way in week 16, suddenly week 17 may have um, five or six games that actually mean something in terms of seeding uh, scenarios. So that's always something to watch. I think a friend of mine was telling me the other day if, if the results go one way in week 16, there's only going to be sort of one important game in week 17. But if they go another way, there could be up to seven or eight games. So it could be an all or nothing, uh, week 17. But we'll, we'll, uh, focus here on week 16. Um, and to look at week 16, we've got to look back a little bit about week 15. Um, and I always try and work out a trend from week 15. So, um, you know, last week we spoke about all the miracles in week 14. So week 15, it was kind of like, Little brother getting a win over bigger brother um, with teams sort of breaking some some big-time trends here. So Cleveland broke an 11-game losing streak against Denver when they won. San Fran broke a 10-game losing streak against Seattle with their win. The Chargers broke a 9-game losing streak against the Chiefs with their win. And then Pittsburgh, they broke a 5-game losing streak against New England with their win. And then Chicago, um, they broke a 5-game losing streak against Green Bay. And won the division in doing so. So a little bit of a, a cherry on top for Chicago there, um, bringing up the division win um, by ending that losing streak against bigger brother Green Bay as it as they have been the last few years. So as it stands, Saints, Rams, and Bears they're they're all in. They're in uh, for the NFC playoffs. Dallas are virtually in despite the 23 nil drubbing at the hands of my Colts. I feel great about that. Um, Seahawks, Vikings, Eagles, and Redskins, they're vying for two wildcard spots. Chargers and Chiefs are in from the NFC. Patriots and Texans are virtually in. Uh, playoff odds are about 99%. And then Ravens, Steelers, Colts, Titans, and Dolphins are all fighting for two spots, and one of those is a division win there in the AFC North with the Ravens and Steelers. And Cleveland still an outside-outside chance, less than 1%, but still... Seen stranger things happen in the NFL, but uh, week sixteen, uh, week fifteen, lock of the week. Uh, we had we had a t- one unit, two teams. Houston minus six, they covered by a tiny, tiny margin against the Jets. Probably didn't deserve that win, and then Tampa Bay probably didn't deserve that loss. So it kind of uh, evened itself out a little bit. Yeah, it was the Tampa Bay one could have gone either way, depending on what line you got. Um, yep. Seven and a half was the kind of pod line. Yep. I think eight was kind of widely available, and eight and a half was the closing line that we recorded. So yeah. all over the place. Yeah, definitely. I yeah, I got plus eight on before we potted, and then there was a two day stretch where it was seven and a half, including where we uh, where we potted, and then yeah, went back out to eight. So um, sort of un- unlucky uh, victims there of timing, but that's just the way the, the cookie crumbles. Um, in sports betting, it's all about price taking, and uh, yeah, the amount of times you lose by half in this in this game, it's uh, it's pretty staggering. Uh, how did the model and, and yourself go? I know in the pod it was pretty good results, um, and uh, closing lines looked looked okay as well. Yeah, I mean, as we say, the pod did pretty well. Houston minus six um, over forty four in the Atlanta um, Arizona game. Carolina won against spread. Um, San Francisco spread and money line. Yep. Um, 
yeah, then at pod lines, Tampa Bay was a loss. Um, and of course, the over in the Jacksonville game. Um, again, for closing lines, officially, we had three greens for three wins. So it makes my um, comment, historic comments about kind of tailing down at the end of the season look a bit silly. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, so San Francisco, Tampa Bay, which we ended up at eight. Um, our last odds that we got in were at plus eight and a half. Yep. Um, and Washington. So all of those went down as wins. Nothing on the totals. San Francisco money line. So 4 and 0 official. Yeah. Great, great, great week. Um, and yeah, I was all over Washington as well. After the pod, I, uh, started writing the article, uh, for Stats Insider for your website. And, um, Washington, you know, started jumping out at me. And I was a, a bit annoyed that I didn't mention that on the pod. Um, and I, I took them plus seven and a half. So, um, you know, if you take them out my week, you know, it wasn't great either. I, I had, I had, uh, one win, three, three losses and a, a push on the pod. Um, but if you did read the article, you would have got Washington plus seven and a half from, from me as well. So, uh, uh, Green Bay plus six, they, they came very short. They only lost by a point. Arizona got absolutely smoked. Um, and then Dallas plus three, that was an emotional hedge. So, you know, that's a loss I'm, I'm very happy to take. Um, so yeah, it wasn't the best week. Um, I did, uh, I'm glad I avoided Seattle uh, at all aspects. So I mentioned that on the pod that when the model likes San Fran there in that spot, I'm going to follow it in and, uh, I'm very thankful for that, uh, money line and plus four. So thank you, Daryl. Um, that was great. So, uh, let's get into week 16, but before we do that, um, just a word from our sponsors. Looking for a bit of a leg up on the punt this weekend? Or you love your NFL, but you're not sure what the value is? Get a sneak peek with Stats Insider's free subscriptions with featured games each day to give you the boost over the bookmakers. Head to statsinsider.com.au and start your free trial today. Always gamble responsibly. Okay, and um, it is worth noting, uh, we have talked about this um, the last couple of weeks, but if you are just tuning in, um, Daryl's kind of scaled back uh, his his units just because it's, Hard to, to judge with the, with motivation for a lot of teams. Um, and, and you know that the model itself doesn't factor in motivation, Daryl. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, this is obviously a statistically based model. Whilst we could kind of tweak it to look at kind of what scenarios, um, teams have going for them and kind of what their chance of making the finals are, it's not something that we currently do. So from a historic perspective, yeah, we tend to scale back towards the end of the season. As I say, the last couple of weeks I've given that warning and we've ended up with pretty good winning weeks, but yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, so now everyone's like, oh, wow, the model's been great the last two weeks, load up, and then this might be the week where it's, you know, oh and you know, oh, 2 and 1 or something like that, and you're just like, oh, they, see, I told you. Um, <laughs> motivation's a factor. So before we do get into week 16, I count four games in the schedule uh, where two teams, two teams have, uh, both teams, sorry, have motivation. Steelers at Saints. So the Saints can lock up home field advantage in the NFC with a win. Steelers win the AFC North with a win and a Ravens loss. Speaking of the Ravens, Ravens at Chargers. Ravens win keeps them in the AFC North wildcard race. Chargers win keeps them in the race for the number one seed. Texans at Eagles. Philly need a win to stay in the wildcard race and, and, and stay in the playoff hunt. And Texans, they need to keep the first week by. And then the Seahawks at Chiefs. Seattle win guarantees a playoff spot and the Chiefs. Um, it keeps them alive in the battle for the number one seed, the all-important number one seed there in the AFC. I guess if you want to count two teams in the hunt, Washington at and at Tennessee is also two games that uh, two teams that are playing for it. But uh, Washington, I think everyone's kind of, eh, you know, they're there, but they're not there, you know, with all the yep. 
uh, all the uh, injuries that they've had at the quarterback position. So let's start there. That's the first game. That's Sunday morning. No more Thursday night football. So everyone can just uh, enjoy their Fridays and just watch Big Bash instead in, on Friday night. Uh, Washington at Tennessee. Tennessee minus 10. Total is 37. That's a crazy high number for a small total, Daryl. Yeah, it's one of those games um, where... You know, 10 years ago, you'd have been able to get a very nice spread total parlay, but you can't these days. Um, yep. With the correlation being so widely known. But yeah, we make this Tennessee by about seven and a half. Um, we can't find a bet on Washington plus 10. Um, model doesn't like that enough to kind of make it a bet. Um, we're kind of close to a bet on the over 37, but nothing at the moment. Yeah, I was looking at it this way. I feel like it's either going to be an over game or tennis or Washington cover if it goes under. So it's 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 one of those those games where it's really tough. I have it. Yeah, if I had to pick up small lean to the over and then a small lean again to Washington plus ten, it's such a big number. Um, Washington were a little bit better last week. Josh Johnson moved the ball well against the the Jags defense is still still a good defense. Um, yes, their offense is terrible. Um, so that certainly helped Washington and kept them alive in that game. Tennessee um, should have. Uh, an easier uh, route to the to the end zone rather than Cody Kessler, so that's something to monitor. But I'm I'm going to bow out of that game um, and uh, focus on fantasy, which, by the way, we will get to at the end of this show. We're kind of merging the two podcasts together. I forgot to mention that at the top of the show. But uh, if you're listening, stay through to the end. We've got some DFS plays for you in Week 16. All right, Baltimore at the Chargers. One of these games that's important in Week 16. It's a blockbuster game. It's a good game for a Sunday afternoon. Um, in Australia, uh, four and a half point favorites, the Chargers, the totals 43 and a half. Uh, I'm going to pass on this one as well. So Sunday is just an enjoyable day for me rather than, uh, sweating on any tickets. Um, I think that number's pretty much spot on. I do think the Chargers are a better team, but I think Baltimore match up pretty well. Um, and I want to see what happens with Keenan Allen and Melvin Gordon and all those sorts of players. So, um, if they're out, this line could get down to a field goal, but, uh, you know, if it if it balloons out, then Baltimore could be a better. I kind of like them at the plus six, but now that it's moved back the other way, um, I'm going to bow out. Yeah, so I didn't know that one started plus six. I've been focusing on the big bash this week. But yeah, I'd have taken the plus six if I could have got it. Um, if it comes back to plus six, I think that would be kind of an orange play, but we're kind of passing on it as it is now. Yeah, there's a lot of player news sort of up, up in the air, as I mentioned earlier, So and they're kind of key players. But the Chargers beat... The Chiefs without Keenan Allen for most of that game and without Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. So um, it doesn't really matter who they have. Um, Phil Rivers is just in that kind of mode. But the Ravens' defense is a lot, lot harder than uh, than uh, the Chiefs. So that's something to, to monitor there. Okay, Tampa Bay at Dallas. Dallas back at home, seven-point favorites. Totals 47.5. Um, Dallas after an embarrassing defeat where they've been shut out for the first time in 15 years um, at the hands of my mighty Colts. Um, they play the Bucks uh, here um, to just, you know, this, you know, they're all but virtually in, but a loss here and an Eagles win suddenly makes things very, very interesting in that division. So um, it is a win, it is a kind of a must-win game. I hate saying that must-win game, but um, it kind of is with the Eagles winning against the Rams last week. Um, so yeah, it's it's the touchdowns high. Dallas are much, much better at home, um, and Tampa Bay. I know, you know, they didn't cover last week, but they they played. Played tough. They played played okay. So I'm going to bow out of this one as well. I don't. I don't want to bet on this one. Yeah, not much for us either. Certainly nothing official. Um, this is another one of those where the money line kind of appeals to a little bit. And 
you were kind of Kelly betting, you'd take it small, but officially it's a pass for us. Okay, pass again. All right, uh, Buffalo at New England. New England, 13-point favourites. Total is 44.5. What have you got for us, Daryl? Um, I think the line's pretty much spot on. Um, we kind of like the under 45. It's kind of a small bet for us. Um, that's an orange bet at the moment. Okay. Well, that's good because I, uh, I like the under as well, the under 45 here um, in this game. So the total's gone under in five of Buffalo's last six games on the road. The total's gone under in four of New England's last six games at home. Um, and then the unders hit in six of the Patriots' last seven games with a total... Uh, with an average combined score of 41.5 points per game, and the under is hit in five of the Bills' last six games on the road with a combined score of 35.6 points per game. So I think you'll find this is a game between two teams that are, are better on defense right now than they are on offense, which is a weird thing to say about the Pats um, because normally their offense is, is just so potent and so strong. But um, apart from that sort of weird game in Miami, um, the Pats' defense has been really, really good over the last seven weeks. They've they've held teams out. They bend, don't break. They hold teams to field goals. Um, they don't give up really big explosive plays. Um, so I think uh, under 45 is a play here, um, which makes you kind of think maybe Buffalo plus 13 could be a bet, but it's hard to see Buffalo sort of scoring more than 10 points or, or two touchdowns here, you know, if the max two touchdowns here, um, and then that should be enough there to still push that game under for... And New England, I don't, I don't want to touch the spread. It's kind of weird. You don't, you don't like betting against New England, but at the same time, that's such a big spread. But yeah, I'd rather just rather bow out with that with a big spread like that. Yep, thanks, fair. Okay, Atlanta minus three and a half on the road at Carolina. Totals forty three and a half. Taylor Henneke, it's a real name. It's a real person. <laughs> He's playing quarterback for the Panthers after they lost. After they lost, they're still technically. Uh, I think it's like a 6% chance to make the playoff. They need Minnesota to lose both games. They need Philly to lose both games, and they need to win both games. But they are virtually out of it. Cam Newton's got a busted shoulder here. So the smart thing to do for the team, for him, and, the, and for their future is to him to rest for the rest of the season. And that's why Taylor Haneke is getting the start. Um, we talk about motivation for teams. Um, it's kind of weird when you look at things. You know, motivation for Taylor here is to play well. All it takes is... You know, one or two good games as a starting quarterback in the NFL, and you can make a career and a killing as a backup quarterback. Just ask Matt Flynn, um, Kyle Orton, uh, Josh Johnson as well. For Christ, for Christ's sake, all these all these players have made livings off a couple of good games. So um, while you're tempted to just say, "Oh, Atlanta, um, they're playing against some scrub backup quarterback on the road," Taylor Henneke motivated, Christian McCaffrey still playing well. Uh, yeah, I'm going to bow out here, but I can see why the model potentially likes it the other way. Yeah, we make the Panthers a small favourite in this one. Um, so Carolina plus three and a half is a green selection for us at this stage, and Carolina money line is orange but close to green. Um, obviously, it's basically a big gamble on how well the backup quarterback does, but um, that's where the model's going at the moment. Okay. Well, that's where the kind of the value lies, like, I guess, is whether Taylor Henneke... I mean, if Taylor Henneke is somewhat formidable as a quarterback. You know, on paper this year, Carolina are a better team, um, at least since since all those injuries to Atlanta. Um, so that makes sense there. Um, okay, Jacksonville uh, at Miami. Miami minus four. The total is 38 and a half. Any thoughts on, on this one? Um, no, 
nothing at all, really. Um, just pass completely. Okay, I like Miami minus four here. Um, Jacksonville are just toast. They're, they're done. They're they're about to fire its head coach. They're ready to get move on from that, move on from the Blake Bortles era, and just get get this season behind them. They're, they've towels in the rack, cues in the rack, whatever the saying is. Um, they're done. Uh, so Jacksonville, they're zero four and one against the spread in their last five games on the road. They're two and four against the spread in their last six games against Miami, and Miami are six and one against the spread in their last seven games. At home, I mean, the starting quarterback for the Jags had 57 passing yards last week. Um, that's just embarrassing. Uh, so I'm taking Miami minus four here. Um, they're still alive in the playoff hunt. Um, and yeah, even even despite the embarrassing loss at Minnesota, they just met Minnesota at the wrong time um, there. So I'm back in on Miami after they let me down last week. Uh, although they didn't because the line didn't go back out to seven and a half, so I was okay. But uh, I was in on them um, as a potential play, but uh, I'm still going to rebound with them here um, back at home. Um, all right, New York, New York Giants at Indy. Indy minus nine. Total is 47. I'd be on the Giants plus 10 here if it gets there. It's just too many points. It reminds me of when the Colts were massive favorites against the Dolphins a few weeks back after an impressive you know, back-to-back wins. Um, and then they only manage to scrape by as, as a field goal. I feel like a lot of people talk about the Colts. The hype gets a little bit too much here, um, and which is weird to say about a Colts, Colts team because we never, ever get hyped up. But um, a lot of analysts, a lot of people love them, and they're talking it up. It just seems like a lot of points here, especially indoors where the, the Giants' offense can, will be a lot better than they were outdoors in the elements last week. Um, so, it's yeah, if it gets to 10, I'll take, I'll take the Giants uh, plus 10. But other than that, I'll, I'll bow out. Yeah, the model has a small play the other way on this one. So Indy minus nine is an orange selection at the moment. Um, that's kind of hovering around three, four percent mark. So going between orange and no bet. Um, yeah, any more than that, obviously we'd pass. Yeah, I mean it could it could go back down the other way if some Giants money comes. So maybe if it gets closer to eight or seven and a half, then maybe. Um, but yeah, I feel like just you know as good as the Colts are, and they've been very, very impressive. They're still a rebuilding team. They they shouldn't be giving ten points to to many teams in the NFL or any teams in the NFL. Still, I think there's just still a lot to be done there um, in Indy. But uh, Houston at Philly, Philly two and a half point favorites. Total is forty six. We mentioned this game before. A lot on the line here for both teams. Can the Eagles and Nick Foles do it again? Can they rally and, and get into the playoffs and <laughs> and and run the table with Nick Foles? Um, I, I'm all I'm all for it. I know Woot would be all for it. Um, but uh, I'm going to pass in terms of betting on this game. There's too much on the line for Houston to to lay down on the road here. And but Philly, um, it was a very very strong showing um, on Sunday. But I don't know whether it's just the Rams are in a slump a little bit, or whether it was Philly being back to being you know Philly and being badass and and kicking teams to the curb with stronger offensive and defensive line play. So I'm going to bow out of this one. Yeah, I think this line's pretty much spot on. Um, we made this Philly by three, so pass as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, Houston barely scraped by the Jets, so that's something to monitor. That was on the road. This is also on the road, so kind of a couple of back-to-back tough road trips for the Texans. Uh, all right, Minnesota minus five and a half at Detroit. The total is 42 and a half. Yeah, I like the Vikings minus five and a half here. This is similar to the Miami game. I think, you know, Minnesota have stuff to play for, as do Miami. Um, and I normally love backing uh, the Lions as a home underdog, but I've just discovered this week that they're two and five against the spread in their last seven games as home underdogs, which I found staggering. I thought it was a lot better record than that, but I guess a lot of that's been this year 
um, where they've gone on that two and six slump um, under Matt Patricia since starting three and three. Um, the Vikings, you know, for all their struggles, they're seven one and one straight up in their last nine games against the division, so they know how to play against this division. And then since Marvin Jones went down and they traded Golden Tate and put Kerryon Johnson on IR, so they've just lost a lot of pieces on offense. Detroit. They're 23rd in the NFL over their last three games in yards per play. They're 28th in the NFL across their last three in points per game. Um, so, yeah, their the offense is just not going to be able to keep up with Minnesota, I think. And then back when they played uh, seven weeks ago, the Vikings, they sacked Matt Stafford 10 times here, and uh, I think they can get to him again. So I'm going to take Minnesota minus 5.5. This is another one of those man versus machine games. Yeah. Um, so we have Detroit plus five and a half as an orange play in this one. Um, mate, we make this Vikings by three. So five and a half, six is a good price for me on Detroit. Okay. There we go. Again, it's hard. It's hard to <laughs> measure the motivation of Detroit. You know, if, if Detroit was still in the playoff race, I'd be bowing out of this and probably taking the, the model side, but, um, with no motivation and Stafford's got some minor back issues. I'll, I'll be taking Minnesota. Um, Green Bay minus three at the Jets. The total is 46. Green Bay officially out of playoff contention. But Aaron Rodgers, despite his knee issues all season, is going to play. Um, but I don't know how much he's going to play. Or, you know, are they just going to hand the ball off and just go through their motions? Or, you know, again, motivation is the key. I'm going to bow out of this one. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, we're passing at the moment as well. Um, with, what, with the assumptions that we've made on this, we make this Packers by five. Um, I'd want Green Bay minus two and a half, probably maybe minus two to be betting on it. So pass for us at the moment. Yeah, and for the Jets, I mean, there is motivation there. Like they, Sam Darnold wants to finish the year strong and, and go into his second season on on, a, on some good terms. So, you know, looking at this team, there's at least some motivation there from the Jets. But again, yeah, it's it's just so tough to to weigh up that that work we're saying it a lot motivation but it is it is something to to monitor uh Cincinnati at Cleveland Cleveland minus 9 the Browns are 9 point favorites in the NFL um <laughs> it's, it's staggering to me uh total is 44 and a half but it probably is about right um which which is crazy but uh you know if you if you're like an 8 year old that's into the NFL just seeing Cleveland as 9 point favorites Mind you, to be understanding sports betting at nine years old, that's a whole heap of other issues. But um, you would never, ever have thought that the Browns would ever be nine-point favorites. But, yeah, here we are. I like the over 44.5 here uh, for a number of reasons. Um, so over the last three weeks, since since I sacked Hugh Jackson, uh, basically, the Browns have been immense on offense. So over the last three weeks, they lead the league in yards per play at 6.9. They're also 13th in the NFL in points per play. Um, and they're facing this Cincinnati defense that's allowing an average of 30.8 points per game away from home, which is 28th in the NFL. And they also rank dead last in the NFL in yards allowed per game. Um, and the Bengals have gone over in four of their last seven games with an average combined score of 51.86. So we've only got a 44 total here. Um, so I'm definitely going to take the over 44 and a half. And at the same time, I'm kind of interested in the Bengals if it gets to plus 10, just because... Kind of the same mantra as the Colts. Um, it just feels like Cleveland shouldn't be 10-point favorites against anybody. Um, yeah, I mean, this is an interesting one. Yeah, from the purpose of the model, um, we have nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that was a convincing case for the over. Yep. Uh, it's one I'll probably go back and have a look at um, from a personal betting perspective. But, yeah, from the model, um, nothing on this one. 
Yeah, it's it is also my Cincinnati plus ten. It also depends on the health of Tyler Boyd. Um, if he doesn't play, that's their top two wide receivers basically out. So Cincinnati with Jeff Driscoll at quarterback has no one to throw to. So then that kind of does mean that the minus nine makes sense. But if Tyler Boyd is out, it might end up hitting ten, um, ten and a half. But uh, definitely we'll be looking towards the over. Uh, there. Okay, Chicago minus four at San Fran. Total is forty three and a half. I'm going to pass. Um, I said to you off air that you know the model opened the season with some strong Tampa Bay form, and it's going to close the season with some strong San Francisco 49ers form. So I'm going to follow the model in on all things 49ers here. Um, the model likes Kyle Shanahan and Nick Mullins apparently. Um, so yeah, what do we got? Yeah, we have this pretty much dead even, 22-22. So San Francisco plus four is a green selection and San Francisco money line is an orange selection Mm. at the moment. So, um, yeah, hopefully that is true and hopefully San Fran do it again. Yeah, it's it's kind of a trap game for Chicago. Uh, They've just won the division. um, And, yeah, like it... They're pretty much locked into the three seed. Um, they need the Rams to lose, and the Rams were about to get to their their big two touchdown favorites here. So they only really need to win one of their last two games, um, the Rams to to uh, clinch a, a first week bye. So um, Chicago, yeah, it's, they're they're pretty much cruising in towards the playoffs here. Um, but yeah, it could be a bit of a trap game cross country after winning the division. They've probably been celebrating for for a little bit, a few dusty heads at training the first couple of days, but. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in on San Fran. I'm following the model. Uh, all right, Rams minus 14 at Arizona. As I just mentioned, totals 44.5 pass. The Rams are in a free fall at the moment. Todd Gurley's questionable, which is going to just break so many hearts here in uh, fantasy football playoffs. Most leagues have their playoffs here in week 16 for obvious reasons. Um, yeah, I just don't know. Uh, but Arizona, they let me down big time last week. So, uh, yeah, I'm passing. Yeah, nothing on this from the model's perspective officially at the moment. It's another one of those money lines that's just a little bit too big. Um, so from a Kelly perspective, a small bet, but nothing official. Okay. Pittsburgh at New Orleans, minus five and a half, probably the game of the round. Total's 53. Um, New Orleans got the win, 12 to nine, but they've been in a little bit of a slump as well. It's kind of funny, the Chiefs, you know, Chiefs, Saints, and Rams just got out so far in front of the rest of the pack. Um, and looked like there was just all three of them were unbeatable, and then the two of them met. Since then, all three of them have kind of just gone on a little bit of a free fall here, and the rest of the packs kind of caught up a little bit. Um, so Pittsburgh, five-and-a-half-point fa- uh, dogs here. New Orleans, until I can see them getting back into gear, I feel like this is a lot of points for a Pittsburgh team that's just beaten New England and, and need to keep winning here. There's still you know, a chance to miss the playoffs here. So I like... The Steelers plus five and a half. I am going to wait to see what happens with James Connor. I feel like he's a, a bit of a difference maker, despite how good their running backs are gone. Without him, I still think he's just a much better player, an all-round player, and it gives them such more versatility. So I'm going to wait. But uh, yeah, I kind of like the Steelers plus five and a half here. Um, not as strong as my other players, like the over that I mentioned before in Minnesota and Miami. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking at uh, Pittsburgh plus five and a half. It's another one of those where we're on the uh, exact opposite side. So New Orleans, New Orleans minus five and a half on this is the models play. Um, it's one of those. It's a relatively small orange play, kind of on that border of orange and no bet again. Um, so one to keep an eye on. But at the moment, New Orleans minus five and a half. Yeah, the Saints are much better at home. Um, you know they've just been so so strong. But uh, you know, 
I don't know. The Steelers, they're 10-2-1 straight up in their last 13 games on the road. So, yeah, maybe the over could be the play here. This could end up being a bit of a shootout, especially if you think the Saints are going to bounce back into form. Um, the Steelers are always are always dangerous. Um, 53 is the total there. Something to monitor. But, yeah, I'm excited just from a fantasy perspective and just from a, a viewership perspective, I'm going to be very entertained by this game. Uh, Kansas City minus 2.5 at Seattle. Totals 53.5. Another game I mentioned earlier where both teams are heavily motivated. Win and you're in Seattle. Um, win Kansas City and you're, you're pretty much locking up that one seed. Um, but obviously week 17 will play a role. Uh, totals 53.5. Something to watch as well. If if the if the uh, Chargers lose to the Ravens uh, earlier in the day, uh, Kansas City will be very, very much fired up because if they win and, and the Chargers lose, then it uh, opens the the gate for them potentially resting players in week 17. So something to watch, but uh, I'm going to pass. I don't want to bet on this game at all. <laughs> yeah, nothing from us either. To be fair, the model's not really finding much in the games where teams are motivated this week. It seems it's mostly picking ones where it's not. Yep. So. <laughs> but yeah, nothing from us. Okay, and the last game, Denver minus two and a half, also eliminated from playoff contention at Oakland. Totals four and a half. Uh, t- totals four and a half. Should be four and a half. Totals 44 and a half. Gross, gross, gross. Don't want a thing to do with it. Uh, yeah, nothing from us either. We make this Denver by three, more or less in line with the market. I've got to flex, flex this game out of prime time, honestly. Ugh. Ugh. Is this the one that's midday Christmas Day? Um, I think it might be, actually, which makes sense. That's actually maybe doing us a favour. Um, <laughs> yeah, I... Oh, man. The I only shining Christmas light is watching... Yeah, the only shining light is... Yes, it is on Christmas Day. The only shining light is uh, watching Adam Gotsis, who had a, a career game last week for the Broncos. Even though they lost, he had a strip sack fumble and, and all sorts. He was an absolute menace. Good timing as well um, as he draws towards the end of his contract uh, next season. So, but, you know, putting a stamp on his uh, on his performances is always good. But, uh, yeah, there we are with, uh, with week 16. Um... Yeah, lock of the week. Uh, what's your thoughts on a lock of the week this week? I, <laughs> no, I got nothing. Yeah, I mean, the closest we're going to come is whatever that under was. Buffalo, New England under, I think. Yeah, um, but, okay. Yeah I, yeah, I think it's a bit forcing it, possibly. <laughs> yeah, potentially. Maybe a half-unit lock uh, yeah. uh, on the under 45 if it gets up to... Uh, it's 44.5 at most places. You can still find a 45 if you want to search around. So maybe a half-unit play on the under 45... Um, in the Buffalo New England game, I feel like that can only that can go over only two ways. If maybe Buffalo sneak out to like a fourteen nil lead, or New England, after hearing talks all week that they're done, um, just put up a forty burger on Buffalo, and you just yeah, you're not happy. Not but impossible. I think they're the only two ways. So uh, yeah, we'll have a look. Uh, let's uh, let's talk some fantasy as we said earlier, and we'll just take a quick break. Okay, we're going to talk quickly here with some DFS here in week 16, just merging the two podcasts together. So uh, we're just going to name sort of four or five plays that we like um, across the board this week. I'll kick us off. I like Derek Henry this week in Washington at Tennessee. Um, Tennessee are 10-point favorites, as you just heard earlier, and Henry's got a, a massive amount of touches over the past two weeks, 51, um, and they're playing against the Washington run defense 
Um, that's allowed 132 rushing yards and 5.2 yards per carries over the last uh, seven games. And last week they got absolutely destroyed on the ground by Jacksonville um, despite uh, the Jags only putting up uh, 13 points. They still put up plenty of rushing yards and rushing touches. So I like Derrick Henry this week. What have you got, Dale? Yeah. Uh, there's a couple I like in the Atlanta-Carolina game that kind of fit a convenient narrative. Um, so you've got Henneke, the quarterback for Carolina, and Tevin Coleman, um, running back for Atlanta, which kind of fits the story of, you know, Atlanta going up, trying to waste time, Carolina throwing to come back from behind. Um, I think that's a possible game story that, or game script that could work. Um, so yeah, Henneke and Coleman are both kind of decent value plays in the puncher this week. Yeah, Henneke will be very cheap, and and he has kind of a quarterback's best friend there in Christian McCaffrey. So you know, if Atlanta are rushing the passer a lot and blitzing a lot, he can just keep dumping it off and and getting plenty of chunk yardage from Christian McCaffrey. So that could work. I also really like Tevin Coleman this week as well. Um, I thought uh, we're probably on the same page there. We might have a lock in, in the DFS realm rather than the uh, the betting world here in Tevin Coleman. Uh, no Ido Smith. So Coleman's going to have lots of touches. He had a, he had a great game last week, um, and he's kind of a guy that also is playing hard for for contracts and in and, and interest from other teams. Um, I like Amari Cooper this week, um, despite last week um, when he plays at home in Dallas. He's finished the he's finished the week as the thirteenth, uh, sorry, wide receiver thirteen, wide receiver one, wide receiver twenty six, and wide receiver one um, in the four home games with Dallas and uh, Tampa Bay. And kind of a leaky ship there. Um, see what I did there? Because they've, they've got yeah. a pirate ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Um, so they're a leaky ship. Uh, most receptions per game, uh, 6.6 to opposing lead wide receivers and nine touchdowns to them. So I like Amari Cooper to bounce back here um, with Dallas, the seven-point favorites at home. Yep. Um, Kalen Balage, I think, maybe yeah. how you pronounce it. Yep. Um, Miami running back. Um, it looks like from what, we can, from what we're seeing kind of coming through on the cruncher that He's kind of overtaken Drake um, to be kind of the running back for the Dolphins. Um, so he's a decent value selection at running back. Yeah, so in the uh, hip-hop world, we've got Kanye battling Drake. And in the DFS world, we've got Kalen battling Drake. Um, so <laughs> uh, one for people to watch out for. I like uh, I like that pick as well. Uh, he's a sneaky play. He's got a great speed home run stretch. That guy had a massive run last week, 75-yard touchdown run. Um, before I get to my next one, I just want to mention a, a, another cheapy. Robert Foster for the Bills has been a um, sneaky, sneaky good gu- good guy the last couple of weeks for for Buffalo. He seems to be the apple of Josh Allen's eye. Um, so he's someone to watch, uh, even though we don't think there'll be plenty of points in that game. He's still a guy that's getting a lot of targets and volume, so that's someone to watch. Um, I, I like Evan Ingram this week. It looks like Beckham's probably not going to play, um, and he's kind of benefited the most. So he's been... Um, Pretty big over the last two weeks with 11 catches, 152 yards, 17 targets, um, and 25 PPR points over that span. So um, it's kind of good, and the matchup's good for the Colts against the Colts. They're, they've given up um, over 1,000 yards and uh, uh, 88 catches, which is second most in the NFL to tight ends this season. So that's kind of the route that Eli will probably go against the Colts' defense. Yep, um, in that... Um, Jets Packers game. I think there's a value tight end. I focused on kind of the value plays here rather than kind of the obvious names. Yep. But yeah, Chris Herndon, um, tight end for the Jets. I think can give you a bit of value at um, tight end this week, particularly um, at the draft star salary. And I think you like someone in that game as well. Yeah, Jamal Williams, um, who you also like as well. Uh, I think he had Herndon last week as well. He, he had. A, I think he ended up having a a pretty decent game last week, Herndon. 
from memory, I'm trying to look up what he ended up on because I remember watching that game. I went out for a Christmas thing the night before, so I remember watching that Jets-Texans game with a, with a mad hangover. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he had 53 yards, um, three catches. Um, I think he, his fourth target was a red zone target as well, so um, could have definitely got that touchdown and, and pushed it way over the edge there. It would have been a great play. Um, but, yeah, I like Jamal Williams. Um, Aaron Jones is on IR. He's He's done for the season. Um, so I do think Jamal Williams is just going to, um, you know, have a lot of touches here. Um, I mentioned Aaron Rodgers is playing, but we just don't know how much he's going to be playing. So I feel like they could just be handing the ball off sort of first, second down to Jamal Williams and then just, you know, throwing it on third down. Uh, it's hard to know what Green Bay's strategy is going to be, but I do think whoever is the lead dog uh, without any competition is always in line for a lot of touches in that Green Bay offense. As I say, he's one also one that pops up on the crunch as quite a value play. Yep. Um, the last one from the crunch perspective, a wide receiver, um, Dante, Dante Pettis for yep. Pettis, Pettis for San yep. Francisco. Um, I think he's kind of looking at his target numbers. He's kind of getting up there. He's getting a bit more play in the offense there. Um, and he also looks like he could be a good value pick at wide receiver this week. Yeah, I love that play. Uh, he He's getting way more, like, Kyle Shanahan's been so smart with him, so they traded up for him um, in the draft. He's a rookie. They they got him in the second round. Um, I, I like that Shanahan, knowing that the season's pretty much over, he's just he's using a lot of his rookies and seeing what they can do and getting them a lot of touches and meaningful snaps so that they're going to be benefiting from that next season. And Pettis um, looks like he's going to be a, a really great guy next season for them. So he's one to watch in sort of dynasty and, and season-long leagues next week. But, yeah, I really like Dante Pettis. I've got him in a couple of leagues, a couple of dynasty leagues as well. So I'm, I'm actually really excited for him and excited for his form. Um, it's a tough matchup against the Bears, but um, he can he can beat you in a number of ways. So I like him. Uh, my last play is Baker Mayfield. Um, so his last game against uh, the Bengals was kind of his coming out party in the rookie season. He had a, just a massive game. It was his best performance of the season. Then he took a shot at Hugh Jackson after the game, called him fake, and it, it all erupted. And it, he's been sort of having all this swagger and chip on his shoulder ever since, and it's been great. He had he had 34 fantasy points, 260 passing yards, and four TDs against his trash Cincinnati defense. So um, I like Baker Mayfield this week. Um, as I mentioned before, I like the over, so that obviously is heavily correlated uh, between those two. Yep. So I'm um, chips in and crashing and burning on Baker Mayfield. This week, I'm also starting him in my uh, fantasy football uh, uh, grand final here in uh, in a league that I play with Wood and all our mates from high school. So, uh, yeah, I'm chips in across everything with Baker Mayfield this week. So if he leads me to glory, I might be the uh, owner of a Mayfield jersey, I think. <laughs> so we know what you'll be watching. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, yeah, so uh, I think that's all our plays. Um, I think we might we, we'll, uh, we'll play an ad and then we'll come back and lock in a uh, DFS lock of the week. There are touchdowns, and then there are... Experience a true touchdown with a Stats Insider premium subscription. That's NFL predictions and value plays for every game, giving you the ultimate edge against the bookies. Touchdown in every way possible this season. Head to statsinsider.com.au and start your free trial today. Gamble responsibly. Okay, locks of the week for DFS. I think Tevin Coleman... Um, I'll throw that name into the ring. I think he is definitely going to be our lock, and I'd like to take your side on Dante Pettis as well. Yep. Um, and then you've also got Jamal Williams. We both agree on. So there's a few there you could easily put together as a core of a team. Yeah, definitely. So we got uh, yeah Jamal Williams, Tevin Coleman, and Dante Pettis. 
Um, You've you got to have a, a 49er here in the lock of the week, given that the model's just been loving uh, the, the, the 49ers over the last couple of weeks and, and loves them again this week. So, yeah, so there we go. Across across DFS and Fantasy, we've got uh, some lock of the weeks for you. Jamal Williams, Dante Pettis, Tevin Coleman in DFS. Um, you know, look at those and, and, and try and get them into your lineups if possible. And then we've got a half unit sort of lock um, in the under 45 points in Buffalo and New England. Uh, Daryl, uh, enjoy uh, Christmas break. Enjoy Big Bash. Enjoy NFL. And uh, we'll we'll speak next year. Obviously, the next time we'll talk, it'll be about uh, uh, NFL playoffs. We'll merge uh, DFS and, and punting again as we talk about uh, Wild Card Weekend. Yep. Always a good time of year. Wild Card Weekend's always a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, yep. have a great Christmas. Um, and everyone listening as well, enjoy the holidays. And we look forward to speaking to you next year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, big thanks to everyone that's listened and, and, and contributed to the show and, and continues to support the podcast. And please uh, check out Daryl on Twitter at DP Woodford and check him out on Twitter as well at Stats Insider. And you can follow me on Twitter at JYNFL. And on, on behalf of all of us here, have a Merry Christmas, have a happy and safe Christmas, and uh, we'll talk next year.